Oh, happy day, friend. I hope you are having a good day whenever you are listening to this podcast episode. It was honestly such a deep conversation about our spiritual walk and how we walk out our spiritual lives and just like what it looks like and honestly things that I haven't thought about in a while, but um, are definitely things that we need to be reminded of often like sanctification and reminding ourselves that faith is not a feeling. Um, as a feeler, I have to remember that, that my faith is not dependent on how I feel, but it, it lies in the Lord and what he has. Um, and, and also our sin and just, we just talk a lot about how, walking with the Lord, it's not easy, but it's so worth it. So Jocelyn Hepler has been working in college ministry for six years now. She's been mentoring college women, training them up up in their faith, and teaching them how to rightfully read their Bibles and deepen their understanding of God's word. Those are some of her favorite things to do. She's also a big fan of all things cozy. And if you take a quick look at her Instagram, yes, it is for a fact very true. She loves decorating spaces with multiple plants and having meaningful conversations with loved ones over good cups of coffee. Amen. We love a good cup of coffee and really awesome and meaningful conversation. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into this episode. It's a long one, but I'm super excited for you guys to just glean everything that she had to share from it. So let's go. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fit Faith Podcast. Here we are going from striving to thriving in what the Lord has for us. And we do this through caring for our whole person. This season, we are getting to talk with people from all across the United States about how we can care for ourselves spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, socially, and environmentally. All of this helps us to be more well-rounded and able to steward the life that the Lord has for us. Let's get into this podcast episode. So to begin, tell us who you are and what you do. Yes. So I, my name is Jocelyn Hepler. I have been working in college ministry for the last almost six years. So this uh, school year that just finished was my sixth year. And so that has been one of the main joys of my life. Um, I used to work at two college campuses and now I'm mainly just at one. So I get to disciple or mentor a handful of young women and I've led multiple Bible studies over the years. And I've just really loved investing in this demographic. Um, And it's a really multifaceted job of being on campus and heading up retreats and conferences and planning events for specific to women, but I I can spare you those details. Um, But over the last couple of years, I've really enjoyed um, kind of honing in on the love of biblical literacy specifically and teaching God's word and how to read it rightly as our primary way of knowing him and reading in context as a book that is about God, not about me. And um, so I could go on about that, but that's just like really something that I love. And so, and then lately, I mean, obviously during, during the time of recording this, there's a worldwide pandemic going on. So I've spent a good amount of time inside, um, <laughs> honing in on some bread making skills and yes. propagating plants, <laughs> trying to cultivate uh, creativity in different ways. So, and I don't know if your listeners are Enneagram fans, but 
I'm an Enneagram nine. And so I love <laughs> to just chill, and be cozy and read and pretend like everything's fine. So yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. So that's, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> I love that. Just chill and pretend that everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I do that as a four. I'm just like, I just don't believe what's going on outside is like <laughs> actually going on. Like it's not real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And those, and those aspects can be positive things of like seeing the positive side of things or seeing like the beauty yeah. in things and stuff, but it can be to a fault too, for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oops, <laughs> that is real. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have to deal with that. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> okay. So fearlessly fit faith is all about living fearlessly in obedience to God, living fit in our whole person. So spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, socially, and environmentally, and having the faith to pursue God's will for our lives. How would you say that you're doing this already? And what areas would you say you need to grow in? Yeah. So first of all, I do love that you put such an emphasis on the whole person and spend time on your podcast talking about all these different facets because they really do influence each other. Um, so for me specifically, if I, I totally see where if I'm not taking care of my body, there is this mental fog and sometimes emotional yeah. fog. And like I said, I'm an Enneagram nine. So I've improved on this the last couple of years, but at times it can be really hard to even pinpoint what it is that I'm thinking or feeling mm -hmm. and why, because everything's fine and I can just push it away. <laughs> but it is really important to notice those areas that are lacking. So, I mean, right now in terms of doing things well, it is such a like unique and weird season of the world, but I'm actually going through this spiritual formation course of sorts that is helping me to rest and slow down. And like I said, it is the time to do it when the world has yeah. just received this huge pause button. So um, actually before doing this, I was taking a couple of seminary classes, which totally aided in my spiritual health and living in obedience to God in that way to engage my mind and learn more about mm -hmm. who he is. And so I loved, loved doing that. Um, and so now with doing this kind of five week thing of spiritual formation, practicing different spiritual disciplines, slowing down, um, I'm actually reading a couple books on creating those good rhythms and getting rid of this hurriedness and busyness that we all have all the time. So could this giant pause of a pandemic be a way for us to like wake up and slow down? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe, probably. <laughs> but it does allow us to kind of take time and think about those things and where we're lacking. And so in addition to the books that I'm reading, one of them being um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry uh, by John Mark Comer. I don't know if you've heard about it. No. I, so if it's the same, there are a couple, right? Well, probably. I feel like there's like, this is like such a season of like people coming out with like, hey, this hurry isn't good for us. Right. I think I think I might know who wrote that because there's another book that I have um, that's kind of similar, but it's about like marriage and stuff. And I remember them talking about, I don't know, I'm not making sense, okay. but <laughs> I think I like listened to a podcast and it was being mentioned, but it wasn't out yet. So. Okay. Yeah, it is fairly new. And I know that um, Jefferson Bethke has one that is similar. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. okay. That's that it. one's, I think, to hell with the hustle. I think. Gotcha. gotcha. And so I was told, I haven't listened to them yet, but I was told that the both of them, Jefferson Bethke and this guy, John Mark Comer, do a podcast together talking about, like, I guess both of these books. And so I'm going to listen. 
I just subscribed yesterday, but yeah, just like that's going to be so helpful in this season of like learning even just like the idolization really, if we're being honest of like the hardness and busyness. And, um, so it's definitely convicting. And, um, so in addition to that, and like those books, I'm doing this kind of exegetical study on the Sabbath throughout scripture. So for those who might be unfamiliar, this exegetical study or exegesis is basically means like reading scripture in context and kind of digging into the way that it was intended to be read or looking at even comparing it to like excavating um, the meaning of what you're reading. So enjoying that, being convicted about it and learning that I don't really have a healthy view on rest um, Mm. and falling into thinking that like what has to be deserved and I only deserve it if I'm exhausted or burnt out. Yeah, I feel that. So yeah. That's not good. Um, so learning and doing better in, in those areas um, in this season, but where I'm not doing well, <laughs> like I said, I've been making bread <laughs> <laughs> physically um, and just with all this like stillness, which is a good thing, but I'm not like on the go as much. And so now I'm kind of like revisiting and having to get back into like caring for my body well and um, working out and exercising and not experimenting with bread recipes and just like chilling out and and I don't know yeah having having that balance of because then yeah like I said before it does contribute to like the mental fog and the like oh it's just it's it's a lot so thanks for that question because it's caused me to be like where am I lacking (laughs) what do I need to figure out so it's just you know there's always that balance of like this is, this is going well and this is lacking and how can, which is, you know, a lot of what you talk about is like, how can we care for our, our whole person and have that, all those things be balanced in good and healthy ways. So, yeah. Um, so just this week I cut out berry, gluten and coffee. Bless <laughs> you. I saw that on your Instagram and I was planning on reaching out to be like, um, why? <laughs> what do you, what do you, I Literally mean, I get everybody's it. saying that. <laughs> I get it. And should I cut out gluten? Yeah, probably. I don't know about coffee. I do have mine next to me right now, but yeah. How yeah, is that I going? Was, <laughs> I was talking to my roommate last night and I was like, darn, like, I didn't really have a reason to cut out coffee, but like, I just did it. And I'm like, we're just going to go with it. And I haven't had any headaches or anything. And I've been doing okay without dairy. Typically, I just have like cheese and stuff. So (laughs) I'm excited to see how I feel at the end of the month. And so I've been like semi gluten free for the past couple months. The Oftentimes I would only eat it when I would like get something, not realize it had gluten in it and like start Mm -hmm. eating it. So now I'm just paying more attention to it. So I'm really thinking I'm going to feel a lot better because like you're saying that brain fog, like it just really gets to me and I don't like it. Like I want to be able to function and not have to like deal with that because it just... I get annoyed by it. And then that's like an added pressure on myself, like, Hey, like, you know, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, it's day three. I'm going well so far. I'm literally Uh, meeting a friend at a coffee shop later and I'm not going to have coffee. So amazing. Well, you know, you're just really putting the flesh to death. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's so good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's going well so far. Yeah. Oh man. I should, I should 
learn from you and try to implement some of that stuff. But <laughs> it's funny because I don't think I've been without coffee since like high school, junior year. And like I would chug, chug, chug it. <laughs> yeah. And like I don't do that anymore, but I was still like, well, I mean, I could just give it a rest. So <laughs> yeah. wow, that's amazing. So okay, we're about to just dive straight in. Well, let's um, do it. <laughs> The next question is, how do we get out of a pattern of sin? Yeah, so you're just getting right to the hard-hitting questions. Yeah, yeah, so it it is really important to be honest with where we're at and what it is that we're struggling with. And Mm -hmm. I mean, primarily, I mean, we have to take it to the Lord. And his word says that when we confess to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us like faithful to do it, but also just to do it. Like it's rightful for him to do it, which is crazy to kind of like, I grew up like knowing that verse and hearing it, you know, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, but like, oh, it no, me, it doesn't, it's not rightful for you to like forgive me because I'm a sinner, but remembering that that is only on the basis of what Christ has done. And so when there has been this payment for sin, then it, would it be right or just for him to overlook that, that sacrifice that has been accomplished? Um, I'll get into a little bit more of that later with some of your other questions. But um, the other thing is to, as hard as it is to bring it to other people and invite other people in on whatever that is, because while that verse in first John one nine talks about how we do go to God to receive forgiveness of sins. And we do confess to one another too, in order to forgive one another, but ultimately our forgiveness does come from God himself. But James five sixteen says that we confess to one another that we might be healed. Mm-hmm. And so that's a different, like, obviously that like divine forgiveness can't be like given to us by other people, human beings, but we do get to experience healing from our confession to other people in the little things of like, Oh, Hey, I was a jerk to you the other day. <laughs> like, will you forgive me and like confess and you experience healing and like, um, reconciliation through relationships in that way. But, um, if it's like a harmful pattern of sin and things that you're struggling with and something that you're like constantly coming back to that which of course any sort of pattern of sin, like you described it in your question is like any amount of sin is going to be harmful (laughs) to us. But if it's like this revisiting of like, whatever it is, fill in the blank, um, then it's important to even get to what the root of that is. Mm -hmm. And so we experience that in, in relationship with other people and having people come alongside us. Um, but you know, maybe depending on like what it is, this harmful pattern that you're just kind of in the depths of, maybe it involves going to counseling. <laughs> like I am all for counseling. And when you, like I said, if, when you use that word of that pattern of sin, it can certainly be worth looking into looking why that specific sin is the thing that you're gravitated towards or how you're yeah. coping with different things, or you're always finding yourself fighting against this one thing. And so we don't just act or sin in a vacuum like there's a reason for it and so it's helpful to kind of get to the root of things and like we'd sin because we're sinful and we live in this world of fallenness but 
you got to get to this, like the sin beneath the sin, if that makes sense, which is always hard. Um, So for example, like a a more, I guess, lighthearted example would be like, you're struggling with anger and easily angered when you're like in traffic or something, which been there many times. So I'm talking (laughs) about myself. Um, So sure, like you're angry and that's wrong, but uh, what are the things that are beneath that? Um, so an example of what could be the issue is like the issue of pride because you're mad that other people, again, not from like personal experience, (laughs) but being mad that other people are in your way and are preventing you from doing the things that you need to do. And they're not important. I mean, we're really going to get to like the root of things. Um, and so you can apply that to many other things like various addictions or harmful thought patterns or fill in the blank. Like, why is that there? And, um, yeah, I think a practical example, this is going to sound like it doesn't make sense or doesn't relate, but, um, I go to, um, the chiropractor. (laughs) It's going to make, it doesn't, it's not going to make sense, but just bear with me. So (laughs) the chiropractor that I go to, um, they also offer like chiropractic massages. And so this isn't like, going to the spa, like massage kind of like relaxing thing. It's like getting to your like root issues and like why it is that you're experiencing like this, like strain in your neck or knots in your back or things like that. And the one time this was such like a spiritual like lesson to me because one of the um, massage therapists was like, well, you have like this, this one issue, this problem or this pain that you're describing, but like, it's actually deeper than that. So we actually have to take the time to like work whatever it is, a certain area of what felt like, like pebbles in my back and like, you're feeling this, but like based on her expertise on the matter and things like that, like she's like, it's actually being caused by this or that. And so we actually have to like get into like that tissue and like, that's going to, I don't know, obviously all the like terminology, but she's like, that's going to like be what loosens everything up and gets rid of like the knots and the buildup of these things that could be intertwined with your nerves. And it just affects obviously like similar to how, you know, spiritual, mental, emotional, like all of that's connected, like everything within your body alone is so connected. And so I was like, I'm like laying on the table being like, whoa, this is like a comparison of my spiritual growth. Like, isn't that just like a lesson for life? (laughs) here's what my issue is. No, actually it's deeper than that. So let's get to that and deal with it. And so, yeah, it's, it's such a multifaceted thing of like getting out of a pattern of sin, which is like such, again, a deep question, but it's a process. Yeah. So, but I think like primarily taking it to God and like one time I heard someone say, like when you're confessing to him, like call it sin, call it what it is and then call it forgiven. Like don't, like live in that because he's done with it and has paid the price for it and is ready and willing and available to forgive. And so there's freedom in that. And we know that there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So like move on and, and get to the root of like why that's happening because there is freedom to be experienced from that too. Um, But yeah, primarily like being taking that before the Lord and dealing with that. So, yeah. So you touched on, um, just like getting beneath the surface, you know, and I feel like that's something that we are not willing to do 
which is why it can be like really tempting to continue to carry around sin or just like thought patterns um, or hatred to like other people. Um, or even like with growth in our own lives, we we can't grow if we don't get beneath the surface to like figure out like why we have been the way that we have been. Mm-hmm. And I think just like for me, like that's always helpful. I'm a thinker. So like, I'm just always thinking and like getting beneath the surface and like, that's what pushes me forward. And like, I used to like, let it like, kind of like keep me stuck. But like, I've just realized more recently that like, when I find those things beneath the surface, like I can use those to like continue to push me forward. Um, So like, then that's the same with our sin. Like, when we like realize like whatever it is like within us like oh that's why I've been doing that for so long then we can turn it around and it helps us to strive and pursue the Lord um deeper so mm-hmm. yeah I like yeah that. and strive in a way that obviously is dependent on on him to like help us yes. fight that and like not just the whole like, well, I just got to pick myself up by my bootstraps. Right. Yeah. Like continue to fight this. It's like, no, we've been given ways to, to do that. And God doesn't want us to like, as people who like belong to him, if we're in him and have been forgiven by him, like that's not us. That's not like ours to carry anymore. So he doesn't want that for us either. So he's like, praise God, he's, like, ready and available to yes. help in our time of need, like, hello. <laughs> okay, so oftentimes we forget that there is a continuous process of sanctification. The Lord wants to make us more like him. What would you say a believer's next steps are once they have been saved into the family of faith, and what does it mean to have been accepted into the family of faith? Yes, another great question, <laughs> definitely a process, as you said, when we start talking about sanctification. Um, and so one of the ways that has been helpful for me in the past and even now to like think about this process is looking at it as um, our position in Christ versus our condition. And so basically that's just a way to kind of describe what Christians refer to as sanctification and justification. And so we, in Christ, we have been justified, um, before God, we've been made righteous and that's a one-time deal. And we, that is our like position in him as believers. Um, and I'll get to that in a second, as far as like what it, what it means to kind of be now part of this family of faith, like you described. And so, um, so that's like a one-time thing and it's crazy to think about, but we, because of Christ, uh, before, you know, God's eyes, he sees Christ and we are completely righteous in him. And so there's nothing left to strive for, nothing left to do. However, we both know that we live in a fallen world and are dealing with sin and things like that. And so our condition in him, this side of heaven is going to continue to be this like roller coaster of growing in him and going into valleys and not doing well and whatever. And so keeping in mind that your relationship with him is not based on that it's based on your justification your position in him mm-hmm. but the sanctification process is that a process um and so this process is him forming and molding us into who he has already called us to be yeah and so until we reach 
glorification in heaven and being completely whole and perfect and things like that. And so I just think it's good to differentiate between the two and to like have that be something to encourage us because like I, I am justified before God in Christ. And so he's going to do the work. Um, and that is a continuous process. And so I don't need to beat myself up for the fact that like, I haven't arrived yet. (laughs) So like, he knows that he knows that I'm like not there, but that's his job. That's the Holy Spirit's job to continue to work in us. And so, um, yeah, it does make us more like him. And so before I even get to, as far as like you were asking about what the next steps are, once you've been saved into this family of faith and become a believer, um, but what does it even mean to be like accepted into that? And that's a great question because that is the gospel. (laughs) And so, um, basically in a nutshell, there's so many like facets or like caveats that we could, you know, spend time on when we're like talking about this, but just a little brief explanation. (laughs) Once you recognize your own inability to be your own means of salvation, because your deeds and simply just being who you are as a good person, whatever that means, or, you know, what, however you're trying hard to, to do that, it's can't do it, can't be your salvation. And so once you recognize that you repent and believe in the gospel and surrender your life to Christ. Um, but let me back up a little. So before that, even though God created all things good and intended them to be that way, he also didn't make robots. And so (laughs) when you give humanity the choice to choose what is good, there is also the choice to choose what is bad, Yeah, um, to choose wrongly. And so spoiler alert, that's what happened. And so instead of being able to then be in perfect communion and relationship with God as he intended, sin, any amount, any kind separates us from him, which does make sense because he is perfect and holy and all things good. And so anything that is or anyone who is that can't be in the presence of sin. And honestly, I do want a God who hates sin. Like. I don't want a God who will not take that seriously. And so, but we, we do have to separate like that wasn't the intention or as if he, you know, we've lost our um, innate God given like worth because of that. It's just, you know, you give humans the, the choice to choose and, you know, that's a risk. <laughs> that's a risky yeah. thing. Um, and so good creation, blemished, destroyed really by their own sin or their own doing, but glory be to God, he had a plan. (laughs) So from Genesis 3.16 on, we have this foreshadowing, this hope of the one who's coming, who will save. And then all of scripture points in some way or another to him. And we look forward to, it's just so funny to think about because like all of scripture is centered around who Jesus is. And it takes to chapter three of the first book. Oh, everything has gone wrong. (laughs) And then from that point on until Jesus, you know, comes to like dwell among us, we're like hoping and yearning for, for this savior. So anyways, again, 
caveat. We could talk about that in like so many different ways. So Jesus in all his perfection, who was there from the beginning, came and dwelt among us, came to us while we were dead, as Mm -hmm. scripture says, in rebellion towards him. Um, Ephesians 2 talks about how we were children of wrath beforehand. So that's not cute (laughs) and not fun and doesn't sound like, well, we were trying our hardest to like be in a relationship with God. I don't, I don't know about that. Um, So dead in our sin, hopeless, what are we going to do? So um, God, he, Jesus comes and, and met the righteous and perfect requirement that is necessary to be back in right relationship with God on our behalf. And so it had to happen that way. That was always the plan. Perfection was the requirement. It would work no other way. And so Jesus met that. And so not only was he the perfect sacrifice, but then he was raised and has complete um, authority and power over death, all those things. Glory, glory, glory. To God. <laughs> so that's, that's the gospel if you've never heard it before. Um, so our response to that then is repentance and faith, like yeah. acknowledging, and that continues to be, you know, like we were talking about before in this process of sanctification, it's repentance and faith and believing in who he is. And so not only now getting to like the portion of like, what does it look like to be in this family of faith and what are like some next steps? Um, not only are we called out of something called out of our sin and our death, but we're called to something. And so scripture talks all about that in many different places where we've been made into a new creation. Um, the old is gone. The new has come. We've been given a new purpose. Like just a handful of verses from talking about us being children of wrath before Christ coming, then saying, but God in his mercy, the great love with which he loved us came and died for us and set us free and all that. And then talking about like, we are his workmanship and he's created purposes for us to do and for us to walk in. And so the way that he has fashioned you is specific, the desires that you have in terms of like your interests and your creativity and what you're good at and all those things can be used and is intended to be used for his purposes. Um, and so kind of exploring and pressing into what it is that, that you love as like, as a believer, what it is that you're good at, how you can serve the body of believers and continue to, um, share that gospel with other people. And so that community of other believers is a huge aspect of that. And now we also get to take part in God's redemption plan to seek and save the lost as like his Holy Spirit works through us. And so it's like this whole, it's a great deal, (laughs) (laughs) something that I did nothing for and was even like running away from, I now receive on the basis of someone else's work Mm -hmm. and I get new purpose, new life, new family, community. Um, I just, yeah, that's, that sounds like a good deal to me. (laughs) And it's all grace, like grace is a gift. And so anything that you, if you're kind of like on the fence of like surrendering to Christ, um, 
it's worth it. <laughs> there there yeah. like is a cost to be counted. And so that's, that's like justifiable to kind of count that cost and what, what it's worth and it could involve losing things. But I think from what I've seen in scripture, in my life, in the life of other believers, I think it's like a resounding, oh, hey, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I think <laughs> I'm a person, I like things, like I just like having things. And like one of my biggest things that I like to have is my time. But when I give that away for like his good and like the plans that he has, it's worth it. Like, and it's, it's just so good to just do his work and like whatever it is that like he has for us because there's joy found in that. And like my flesh is saying, no, I don't want to do yeah. it. It's my time. Like, you know, yes. but <laughs> because it's like work that's for his good, like I go into things and I like come out and I'm like, that was really good. Like I needed that, like was able to be a blessing to somebody. Like, so in just like the grand scheme of like our walk and like just coming into faith, like what we're leaving behind, it's so worth it. And because mm-hmm. to be able to walk in something that's, I mean, unimaginable and like, yes, there's trials and wilderness seasons, but like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Like I, I mean, I have found immense joy in those seasons and it's only because of him. Like who has joy when they're in the middle of a wilderness, you know, like, but the Lord provides there. So it's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's like really great. (laughs) I know. I'm just raving all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Okay. So why shouldn't we base our relationship with God on how we feel? Oh, (laughs) I love this question (laughs) because I can get pretty fired up about it. Um, so yeah, I definitely had to like have my notes ready because I could go off. (laughs) People who know me know that I'm pretty passionate about this. Um, and so first of all, let's just be clear that our feelings and emotions are important. Yes. And they are real yeah. and are certainly involved in our relationship with God. Uh, the book of Psalms, Lamentations, uh-huh. full of a lot of feelings. There's a lot of feelings going on. People and their feelings are all throughout scripture. Um, but I can speak for myself and you could vouch for yourself if you would like. But my feelings can change on a dime. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and so what do we do when <laughs> We're basing it on our feelings with our relationship to God. But what I know from scripture and what I know about God is that he is immutable, which means that he does not change. Yeah. And so just because my feelings about him or anything else are real at any given moment, it's not to say like deny them and pretend like they're not real, like I am prone to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um that doesn't make them true. Like yeah. they're real, but they're not true. Yeah. Um, and so I will like, even with processing different things with friends and stuff, I've like come to find myself saying like, I'm not saying this is right. I'm not saying this is true, but it's this how I feel. <laughs> so yeah. I know that it's not right. I know that's not true, but it's real. Like it's reality. So like, yeah. let me just verbally process. So, um, <clears throat> there's so many things, uh, 
to say about that, but one of my favorite books on this very thing is called Faith is Not a Feeling. Mm. So, so right in line with the very question that you asked. Yeah. Um, it's by Nay N-E-Y, Bailey. Okay. And so she's in her 80s, such a hero of the faith. And she talks about various circumstances in her life where she had to learn and and trust that her relationship with God could not be based on feelings. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that she talks about is that at any given moment, choosing with my will that God is more true than my feelings. Yeah. So like God, my circumstances are real right now, Yeah. but I believe that your word is more true than that. Um, My feelings are saying this, but is this in line with what your word says? Yeah. Um, and so that's the thing. Our feelings in various moments give us the opportunity to choose to revert our minds back right. to the truth and renew our minds, like Romans 12 too. Like that's the, that's, again, all these questions and answers are like correlating with one another. Like that's the process of sanctification and realizing the ways that like, oh, what I'm thinking or feeling actually isn't in line with what's true. Okay. Uh, God, how do you want to like work that out in my life? And so one of my, um, favorite Bible teachers, Jen Wilkin, um, talks a lot about engaging our minds when it comes to scripture, because for whatever reason, especially specifically in like women's ministry and groups and Bible studies, we love to like engage our feelings and emotions. And I do believe that that's like part of like how we're all wired. Um, men and women alike, some are just more in touch with their feelings and what they're experiencing. Um, so again, not bad things, but unfortunately a lot of material can direct us back to this kind of like just ourselves Yeah. and this like, what does this mean to you? And what does this mean to you? How do you feel about this? Yeah. And that can get us away from like, no, what does it say? And like, what does it mean? And so Jen Wilkin talks a lot about how we cannot love what we don't know. And so, which can really be said for anything else. Like, how can I say I love something or someone and I don't know anything about it or anything about this person? And so don't get me wrong. It can't also be this like academic, only mind, like checking a box and going about this routine without emotions. um, Because that's not the answer either. But because of that, like as much as I hear Jen Wilkin talk about like engaging our minds in scripture. I have on more than one occasion heard her break into tears when like Mm. talking about uh, something about God or his word. And so her emotions and her feelings and her worship really are activated, I guess, and like engaged when she knows a certain thing about God and that changes everything. And so we are told to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so both of those things are are in that. And so we need to be approaching our relationship with God rightly and know that as we talked about, again, there's this process of sanctification and God uses the Holy Spirit through the reading of his word to refine us and shape us and mold us into, into who he wants us to be. And so oftentimes that's probably going to involve, like hate to say it, but the contradicting of our own feelings and like brushing up against that. Um, because if, if God is in the business of conforming me to the image of Christ, 
it's not always gonna feel good. <laughs> it sure will. <laughs> I love that we're like laughing about it. We're like, yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> um, and so, but like when that's happening, what do I just jump ship? Like, yeah. no, of course not. Like, you know, Christians, okay, this is something that I love to do. And you could say it's making fun. You could not say that. <laughs> but I love to, like, sometimes, honestly, uh, make fun of, like, Christian culture. Um, and so Christian, I'll say, like, oh, Christians love that, or Christians love this or that. Yeah. Um, but Christians love to quote Romans 8, 28. Um, All things work together for good. Yeah. Those, who, those who love God and are called according to his purpose. True. It's great. Um, but verse 29 says that those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. And so I need to make sure that my definition of good is the same as God's definition of good. And it seems like the good that he's, that Romans 8.28 is talking about is that he is um, working things out in my life to make me more like Christ. Yeah. And so I'm not like Christ. <laughs> in a lot of ways. And so he's breaking that out in me. And what's good is his word also gives me these truths about who he is as the good shepherd, as the God of all comfort. He's gentle and lowly and wants to give us rest. The Holy Spirit himself is described as our helper and so on and so forth. And so if God like isn't that way, then okay, that sounds like not only a painful process, but he's going to be like destructive with me or cruel with me. And that's bad news, <laughs> but I need to, again, revert my mind to like, okay, who he, who is he in this process? And like, can I trust him in that? And what I'm seeing in scripture and again, like in my own life is and what we've talked about already is like, I can, and he can be trusted with my life. And I think if he knows what is good and if I remember that, then it's, maybe not necessarily easier, but maybe easier by like a little minuscule amount for me to say, okay, I'll back off then. I don't know what's like ultimately good for my life. So yeah, engaging in knowing what is true and recalling it to mind. And so that's a little plug for, you know, getting God's word in your heart and knowing how to read his word and what is true and comparing it to your feelings that are also very real. Yeah, that's good. All that's so good. I don't have much <laughs> words other than like, just like knowing his word in those moments where I'm just like so full of emotion. You're like, I just don't know why, but I'm an emotional person. The Lord created me this way. And just like using his word to like just become stronger. It's like, it's so helpful because then I'm like able to get out of my own mind. And it's like, okay, yes, this feeling is so valid. But like, through like hearing that to him and like taking it to him over and over again, like I've just learned to trust him in a deeper way. It's like our trust Mm -hmm. is built at the same time. So. Oh yeah, totally. And you don't have to like look at yourself as being like, you know, having all these emotions as like, I need to get rid of that or that's horrible about me. Like, no, that's good and can totally be used for like his purposes. And he's made you that way. So how do we like, refine that and and make it so that it's like used for good yeah 
Okay, so why is it vital that we be part of a church community? And yeah, so as we know, uh, many say that it's not enough just to believe or like some people will say, oh yeah, I believe, but that doesn't really mean that I need to be part of a church. Like, and yes, there's different like church hurt, but yeah. So like, why is it important to be part of a community? Yeah, gosh, it's so so vital. Um, So when people say, like you said, um, it's just enough for them to believe or people who say, my relationship with God is very personal and private. And so I don't need to be in a church. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say it really depends on how you're looking at it. Mm -hmm. Um, So in one way we can derive truth from that, Mm -hmm. um, but it's also warped. (laughs) And so I can like explain it in this way. So actually um, a few years ago, I heard um, Josh McDowell, who is a um, speaker, writer, has been like an apologist for decades. Um, he was talking about how in terms of salvation, I wish I you know thought of this myself, but I had to give credit where credit's due. Um, <laughs> in terms of salvation, it's been really helpful for me. Um, and your relationship with God being made possibly possible because what Jesus has done and he is enough for that. And that is very personal. Mm-hmm. And that is very between you and him. No one else gets to like bestow that upon you or things like that. And so in terms of salvation, the work that Christ has done, nothing should be taken away from that. Nothing should be added to that. Like Jesus is enough. And again, we love to say that as Christians. Christians love to say Jesus is enough. Yeah. And he is. Yeah. If we're talking about salvation. And so it's crazy. And he was like talking about how it sounds like almost heretical to then make a statement to say Jesus is not enough. Mm-hmm. But it's because if we're talking about salvation, yes, add nothing else to it. He is enough. Yeah. Um, but from that point on, there's so many one another's in scripture. And so it's not wrong to say that like, that's not enough from that point on. Like, yes, Jesus is all you need. And like, he's going to be the one to like see and work at your heart. Like no one else can sanctify you. Um, and he knows what's good and like all that sort of stuff. Like that's true, but all the one another's love one another, bear one another's burdens, Mm -hmm. serve one another, forgive one another, confess to one another. live in harmony with one another, count others as more important than yourselves, um, build one another up, like catching my drift. Like there's a lot of other things and all these things that, you know, we're talking about and have been talking about, they're there like in scripture. And so any sort of listener, like they don't have to trust like what we're saying. Um, but look in, in scripture and see where these things are. And so even with what I mentioned before, like our sins are forgiven by God, and he is faithful and just to forgive. And that is a like between you and him kind of thing that's for you to like work out. But then as we confess to one another, we experience healing through that. And so, um, yeah, it's not enough to just like how I just can't like, that sounds horrible to me to like (laughs) be alone in like your walk of faith because it's hard. Yeah. And so what am I going to do if I'm like, all by myself. Yeah. I'm not, cause you know, I have the Holy Spirit, but that's like, that's the thing that's like complicated or like multifaceted about it is like, yes, that's true. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. And then just like with that, when we are like in that thinking pattern, we're like, Oh, like 
Jesus is enough and like this is like so personal we're like doing everyone else a disservice because we are communal people like we're just supposed to like do life together with people but then we're also just not living out like what he has for us like I just yeah (laughs) it's mind-blowing and then we're not challenged in the ways that like we could be challenged so then in the same way that we're doing a disservice to others we're doing a disservice to ourselves because we're not growing you know Mm -hmm. and like growth in him comes from being in community with people because we are going to offend somebody and they are going to do something hurtful to us and you you know like so yeah we just need that otherwise we're not gonna grow so yeah yeah Yeah, that's the whole point of like god said in the garden that it's not good for man to be alone (laughs) like sure we hear that in oftentimes probably more often than not in like marriage contexts And yeah, of course, that is what it led to. And that's like our picture of like the first marriage and God joining man and woman together. But even before that, it was just like, no, he's alone and that's not good. And so regardless of if that, you know, in our own lives, if that like leads to marriage or whatever, that's a different story. But like, (laughs) we're just not meant to be alone. And so we're meant to experience that in in community. And so like you said, even with like spiritual gifts, the Bible talks about how how God has, has formed us and given us interest and all that sort of thing. Like the ways that you're gifted is different than the ways I'm gifted. The ways that you're strong are the ways that I'm weak. And this goes for anybody like iron sharpens iron. That's another like (laughs) one another kind of thing. And so I, I, and exactly like I remember hearing about like spiritual gifts as like, you're totally right. You're doing a disservice to someone else because like your gifts belong to me and my gifts belong to you Mm. and we should be sharing in that together yeah Yeah. (laughs) so good yeah you gotta get plugged into a healthy church that's the other thing that I know that there's like a book called like nine marks of a healthy church okay but I think there's also like a I know actually there's a website that kind of like gives the points of like what a healthy church looks like because that's you know also very important like is it a gospel based gospel you know Jesus centered church that is not going to lead you into thinking something that's counter to what God's word says and so that's very important too but absolutely get plugged into a solid church community yeah I could go off on a tangent about (laughs) oh yes hold it (laughs) okay so does your choice of friends matter to your faith? Yes. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> um, yes, it absolutely does. This is real. I mean, it's really similar to the um, getting plugged into a solid church. Um, I similar to like I want to be part of a church who and the way that like the word is being taught that is true and right. And, um, I want friends who know their Bibles too. Yeah. And like that, that's not just like bring shame or whatever, because if, if they don't, and if you don't know your Bible, well, like study it together, (laughs) dig into it together. And kind of like on that note, when I'm in any sort of rough spot or even when I'm not, like I need to be directed back to truth. Like if I'm in this kind of like what we were talking about earlier, a sinful pattern or even just like a thought or I'm feeling 
like insufficient in terms of like what God has like called me to do. Sure. It's nice for one of my friends to say like, no, you got this. Like, yeah, just, you know, you are, I know. And this is like, even part of Christian culture to say like, you are enough. And it's like, okay, well, what, like, what do you, what facet, I guess, are you talking about? <laughs> like, again, are we talking about salvation? Cause no, I'm not. <laughs> right. Or are you talking about like now in Christ, like I feel insufficient to what he's called me to do. Okay. Well, Jocelyn, yeah, you, you kind of are, but like, he's, he has given you sufficiency. He will provide the means for what he's called you to do. You've been granted everything that you need pertaining to life and godliness. Mm -hmm. And so I need my friend or group of friends to like know those things in order to not just give me these like platitudes of like, you got it and you're great. Again, that's nice. I'm not saying like, go be a jerk to your friend and be like, you're right. You are bad at this. (laughs) But it's like, what's part of like, what's so great about being part of like the family of faith and being involved in a church community that's different. Like, I'm not saying don't have friends who are outside of that. Please have friends who are outside of that. Um, But there's something unique that comes with like, when I'm believing a lie or even believing like something that's, like I said, my feelings say something specific and they're counter to what God's word says. And even if I know the truth, but I'm like not believing it and I can't like put up a fight for myself to like tell myself scripture. I need someone else who's going to like get in the trenches with me and like get in the like muck and all this stuff and even to just like sit with me there when I can't like I can't muster up to like tell myself the truth sometimes or just feel better or tell myself a good like mantra or have like positive thinking okay sure those are good and have their place yeah but like what is gonna help my soul. And a lot of the times in friendships, like I have one of my closest friends, I tell this to her face. I tell this about her to other people, but she is someone who can tell me very hard truths, but like without a hint of um, condemnation. Yeah. And it's like this proverb says, says faithful are the wounds of a friend. And so that basically talking about how like even though it, again, similar to sanctification, similar to what God is doing in our lives, there's like a theme here. Um, (laughs) It's not going to feel good when my friend tells me, no, that's wrong. Like what you're believing, or that's a falsehood about that's not who God says you are. That's not true of your situation. That's whatever it is. Um, But here's what is, and here's what like you need to be believing. And so time and time again, with, with one of my close friends, it's like, you're right. And I feel that sting of like, I'm in the wrong or I yeah. need to put my trust more in who God is. Like, what am I, what am I thinking? Um, and so it's, it comes with, and that, you know, you grow in your depth of relationships with other people when it's that way. And in any, when you're a believer in any sort of like relationship, if this is like the most important thing in your life and you have like the people closest to you and that's not the most important thing in their life. Again, not saying don't be friends with them. (laughs) That is wrong. Um, But there's going to be like this, how can anybody give you that sort of like biblical truth if they don't know it or if they don't know like where to push you and it's just all of this like cultural 
I don't know, can only go so far yeah. stuff. So it's so important. <laughs> I could have just left with like, yes, it's important. <laughs> Next question. But just, you know, just to back up what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And then that just goes back to just having a good and like healthy church community, because then we do have those people around us who will tell us when we're wrong and they'll do it in a loving way, in a way that's not like, judgy you know like because we're all in the same like race like we want to be more like him we want to help other people live in the way that he has for us so like again it's just it's so good for us (laughs) yeah yeah and like you said even with like church hurt like that's a very real thing and so there are people in churches and all these things that even people who have good intentions people who maybe don't have good intentions but that is also a very real thing that like people haven't done that well and so that's sad and unfortunate and I'm always being like I'm I'm sorry to anyone who's like experienced that because that's not that hasn't been the like someone living out the purpose that like God has for them in terms of how to go about conversations and like judging people and things like that but with it and again that's this is another like caveat (laughs) that like could go on and on but like in terms of like we're not supposed to like judge each other like only God can judge me kind of thing like within the body of believers like we are called to direct each other towards truth and just like that that doesn't really have like for someone who's not a believer sure because they you know don't know or like aren't under the same um authority necessarily as like one who is claiming to like follow Christ Mm -hmm. but for someone who is like it's our job because it's for that person's good to like come alongside and be like this is not okay yeah and we need to like change this but again doing that lovingly and just remembering it's not going to feel good but it can there is a way for it to be done well and right yeah So good. <laughs> okay. So how can we live in daily surrender? <laughs> um, you tell me. <laughs> That's like, uh, it's like, it's so that just, I mean, all of these really get to the like, ugh, that doesn't feel yeah. good or that doesn't like, I don't want to. Um, but we live in that tension of like, I know what's right mm-hmm. and I know what I want to do. Paul talks about that in Romans 7. Like the thing that I want to do, I don't. The thing that I don't want to do, I do. And so like this <laughs> struggle, and Paul's talking about it way back then and we still are like, right. oh, that's me. Um, I think it's something that is like a theme of humans. So um, yeah, living daily in surrender. So, I mean, we as believers are um equipped with the holy spirit so we have god himself within us and that's also another important thing that the holy spirit isn't an it it's a who and so i see i just did i said it's a who um he is a who he's a person and so um the person and work of the holy spirit in our lives is you know continuing to conform us to christ like we've just it just with the trinity again we're not going to like get into that, but like, so like multifaceted with like what has been done and accomplished with, within each like person of the Trinity and, and now how we're equipped to like, God didn't just like leave us at salvation, which totally like fine if you did, you know what I mean? Like, but that's also not who he is to just like 
save us from eternal separation from him yeah. and then be like, well, good luck. Peace out. <laughs> Just try your best try harder, do better. And yet we like fall into thinking like, I just need to try harder and do better with X, Y, Z. So, um, I think like living in daily surrender, um, the Bible talks about having a fear of the Lord. That's like a theme throughout scripture and how the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or wisdom. And so again, this is different than a fear that like we think of, of like, I'm afraid of something. Cause oftentimes when we're afraid of something, it's because we don't know it and we're like leery of it. And I'm not so sure about that. But like knowing God and like knowing who he is, knowing how awesome and like the correct like usage of that word, like awe inducing he is, like that happens when we know him more. And so um, I think like a, a good way of, I guess, just defining what even fear of the Lord looks like is like he is God and I am not. Yeah. And living in that daily surrender of noticing, and again, it takes some, you know, intuitive like why did I do that or why is this a struggle or whatever like oftentimes it's I'm to use like a Christian phrase trying to get back up on the throne of my own life (laughs) you know like (laughs) I'm in charge actually God you're not and of course like you know we would never blatantly say that goodness gracious but that's what's happening when we you know get back into like the no, actually, okay, yeah, Jesus, I believe, like, everything that you've done, I'm in, like, I get it, but I'm going to take the reins on this one, because I'm not so sure you know what you're doing, and so that can be, like, a daily minute-by-minute thing, like, "Mm, no, I'm going to take that back, and so um, realizing that, again, we do have the Holy Spirit, and so when um, Galatians is talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and the things that he is growing and producing in our lives, again, not something that we, like, try harder, do better. And out pops a fruit, like a branch doesn't squeeze out a fruit. (laughs) And so, um, I think something that's with that is that has been really important to, for me to remember is that like we, we bear the fruit, but we don't like produce it ourselves. Yeah. And so the Lord is the one, the Holy spirit. That's why it's called fruit of the spirit, (laughs) not fruit of Jocelyn. (laughs) So it's his work that is um, doing that. And so Paul in Galatians is talking about like, if we're living in the spirit, then let us keep in step with the spirit. Yeah. And so if he's saying that, then it must be possible to be out of step with the spirit. Mm-hmm. If he's saying like, okay, you have the Holy Spirit and you like want to live a life in him and a life that is lived in him is contradictory to life that's to the flesh and gratifying your own yeah. desires. And so they can't both be being done at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're living according to that, then keep in step with him. And I am a nerd and like to look at the original language <laughs> of like what, what that word is. And so that, that phrase or that word of like keeping in step, I can't remember how to pronounce it, but it, the intent or like the, um, yeah, the intended like meaning of it is like to keep in step or like keep in a row, like the line of a soldier. Mm-hmm. And so, or like to direct one's life or to like keep in step with. And so like the March of Soldiers, like walking together, it's like so uniform and so in step with each other. And so if I'm out of step with like what the Holy Spirit's doing, which I do every day, (laughs) um, then it's like, okay, then there's this process of like being back in step with him, living a life of surrender. We talked about Romans um, 12 too, with like, 
being transformed by the renewing of our minds. But the verse right before that talks about being a living sacrifice. Yeah. And so we know that that doesn't mean like, um, I don't know, be, like attacking our like innate worth and inherent like worth given by God. And so that's not to like bash on who he's created us as being made in his image, but it's this like choice of I'll get back up on the altar. I will, here's what I want and here's where I'm going. And here's like what I think is best. Um, I'm going to surrender that. And that's, you know, a moment by moment thing Mm -hmm. um, that's in that process of sanctification. It's the like highs and lows. It's the like, oh, I'm, I'm trusting God and I'm walking in his spirit and I'm seeing the results of that. And that's great. Um, painful sometimes the worst sometimes, but like he's growing this stuff and producing these things in me. And so that's always going to be good. And so I think it's just like, as we continue to like be in that process, then we'll see. I've seen, I mean, I am 27 and, and have, you know, known Jesus as like part of my life for most of that, but there's still so much more to learn, but so far, like, I wouldn't say I have, you know, all the wisdom, like so many other people who've like gone before us, but so far he has a pretty good track record of like it being worth it when you do surrender. Um, and so, yeah, I think the, the simple things of like being a living sacrifice, being in step with the spirit and what he wants. And we do that by knowing his word and knowing what it is that he wants, because his word is our primary way of knowing him. And so he's provided us with the way to like, we can't fully wrap our minds around like who God is. um, And we'll spend all of eternity, like getting to know him more, which is great. Um, But he's able to be known and understood and we're not like left on our own. And so he's given us the tools to like do that and to live a, a daily surrendered. So healthy fear of who he is, keeping in step with the spirit, um there's there's grace and like relief in knowing that like it's okay that that's an ongoing process and it is the daily thing um don't have that lead you to shame um but have it be like a springboard to direct you to like who he is and being just get back in step with who he is so not saying it's easy (laughs) but I'm saying it's worth it (laughs) yes yeah and I feel like that's just been the theme of like our whole talk like it's easy but it's worth it and I just I mean I'm always thinking about growth and like being challenged I don't know why my mind is that way but it is and it, it like it's it's just so worth it to like go through it go through this life with the Lord you know because mm-hmm. it is challenging and it does get yeah. ugly and it's yeah. not fun at all and we will have fallouts with people and people won't understand us and why we believe the way that we do but it's worth it like he gets all the glory and like it makes my heart happy that he does mm-hmm. like, I'm like I don't want any of this Lord <laughs> you can have it you know so yeah I just want to thank you again for hopping on this was such a good yeah for sure it was I feel like I'm you know just even you know we have to like teach and like preach the gospel to ourselves and so this whole conversation has been like such a reminder of that and yeah so good thanks for having me this is so fun yeah you're welcome
Thank you for listening to the Fearlessly Fit Faith podcast. Our hope is that you found something that you can take through your day, your week, your month, and your year that will help you move from striving to thriving in what the Lord has for you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share this with a friend on social media or through text, and also leave a comment and subscribe to the podcast on whatever listening platform that you use.